Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 6, titled The Battle of Zaufu. Yet another excellent episode. So, as we kind of hinted at yesterday with Enemy at the Gates. These two episodes are very much a two-part storyline in everything but name. To be honest, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just call this Battle of Zaufu Parts 1 and 2 instead of Enemy at the Gates and then Battle of Zaufu. Because they're very much not separate. It's It's one thing. And while... The first half, Enemy at the Gates, is very much character-driven and feels a lot like setup. Very good setup, but setup nonetheless. This feels very much action-driven and feels like a very satisfying payoff to all of that setup. Uh, To put it in terms of film... To put it in terms of the narrative structure of a film, it feels like the first episode was Acts 1 and 2, and this episode was Act 3, where all the shit hits the fan, and it's just a race to the finish. And as an Act 3, it's amazing. It's absolutely fantastic, and I love Literally everything about it. So, we open this up. Our opening sequence picks up right where we left off. Suyin and her sons are infiltrating Kuvira's camp to try and assassinate her. Basically. It gets very dark for a second. Uh, but we get this really, really fantastic sequence where Su Yin is just sort of sneaking in and she's being all stealthy and it's great. And you're like, yes, she's going to take out Kuvira. And then she enters her tent and turns Kuvira, quote unquote, over. And it's Julie, not Kuvira. And turns out Kuvira knew this was going to happen and ambushed her. So now Suyin's captured immediately. That's great. And then she gets over the loudspeakers of Zaofu and says, Hey, citizens of Zaofu, I have 
Suyin Beifong. So there's that. Uh, you suck. You all suck. You're the worst. So pledge your loyalty to me, and uh, and I'll spare you. I, I won't conquer you and stuff. Uh, so send your representatives tomorrow, and we'll negotiate your surrender. Okay, uh, bye. I'm absolutely putting an echo over all of that. <laughs> that just feels natural. So, of course, Opal is real pissed about all of this. And Korra's like, hey, you need to calm down. Uh, you swore an oath of non-aggression when you became an airbender. Yada, yada, yada. So, they're gonna go negotiate with Kuvira. Uh, but for a second, I wanna shift over to Varric and Bolin. Because Varric and Bolin are having a bit of a thing at the moment. So, they're both in prison because of what Julie did. Because of Julie turning in the way that she did. And now... Uh, Batar Jr. is showing up at Varric's cell and is like, Hey, you, work on spirit vines, now. And Varric sort of talks his way into getting Bolin to be his assistant instead of him going to the re-education camps. And this entire time, like, Varric lays it on pretty thick that he has, like, alternative plans here. Like, he's winking at Bolin... All the time, and is like, trust me, kid, I know what I'm doing. And we get this amazing sequence as a result. Where Varric reveals that he was indeed working not on a spirit vine weapon, but on a spirit vine bomb. And he's like, okay, I have a timer set for five minutes. Now you're all gonna get out. Or you'll all blow up. And if you try to drag me off, I'll blow it up immediately with this remote. And so we have this amazing standoff where Varric's just going full-blown suicide bomber and is like, hey, leave or I blow us all up. So everyone clears uh, the train car. And then Varric closes the door behind them, disconnects the cars. And then Bolin, who this entire time has been in the dark, by the way, is like, Okay, cool. How do we shut off the bomb now? We can't. (laughs) There's no turning off. We're just going to blow up. But we had a good run, didn't we? And now Bolin's freaking out like, Hey, I'm still running! I'm still running! I don't want to blow up! Varric has, like, just given himself over to death at this point. Like, Julie left him. And now he's just like, Yeah, uh, nothing left to live for. I'm just gonna blow myself up. That's totally fine. (laughs) And he's saying, like, really weird stuff. Like, I'll see you on the other side, Julie. 
But of course, Bolin is not a crazy person. And he finds a hatch. And he and Varric escape. And it's awesome. <laughs> Bolin just pulls Varric out of the train car and is like, I just want you to know, I hate you. <laughs> and the train car blows up and Batar Jr. is like, wow, um, he's really dead. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was, uh... That was something. That was an amazing power move. I really love that sequence. Uh, we also have, while this is happening, Korra completely failing to talk Kuvira down and now resorting to having to fight Kuvira one-on-one. -on -one. And we get an amazing action sequence as a result uh, where Korra is... Wildly swinging at Kuvira, and Kuvira being sort of this master strategist, sort of outsmarts her at every turn. Uses Korra's rust, uses Korra's... Uses Korra's... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I was looking for a specific word, I couldn't find it. Uh, using the fact that Korra has been out of practice for three years... To her advantage. So while Korra's like wildly swinging. Kuvira's like dodging all her attacks. Making these very precise strikes. Uh, trying to bait her into being even more wild. Even more untamed. Even more unreserved. At one point Korra goes into the Avatar state. And it's looking like she's about to take out Kavira, but then she sees a vision of her avatar spirit head on Kavira's body and just sort of snaps out of it and falls to the ground. And then, of course, Kavira uses this opportunity to trap her and claim her victory. So even though, even though, Korra got the poison out of her. She still kind of has a little bit of a way to go on the whole PTSD front. It's almost as if there's no one quick fix to resolve this sort of post-traumatic stress that Korra has gone under the past three years. Huh, weird. Anyway, so <laughs> Kuvira is now like, hey, I win. And then Opal and Janora just create this big tornado to hold off Kuvira's army. As Janora calls Milo and Iki to rescue them. By the way, I love this scene uh, where that one... Beifong kid, who's an artist, is, like, just instructing Iki and Milo. Iki does, like, a very crude, crappy drawing, a very childlike drawing, and he praises it, and Milo does this really amazing drawing, 
that is absolutely stunning. And he's like, ugh, absolute trash. I, I know you... I know what you look like on the outside, Milo. What do you look like on the inside? <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but Milo and Iki come in. Uh, they save Jinora. They save Opal. They save Korra. They fly off. And Kuvira conquers Zalfu. So yeah, that's... That happened. That very much happened. So now we get our ending where Kuvira is standing over all of Zalfu and is like, Hey, bow to me or I will capture you and uh, take you prisoner. And everyone bows except uh, the remaining Beifongs are like, Hey, screw you. And Batar Jr., has that amazing moment with his father, where his father just flat out says, I'm so disappointed in you, Junior. And then they get captured. And then Kavira is talking to Batar and is like, you're sure he's dead? Batar's like, yeah, he's dead. Although, I could probably replicate his work if I had an assistant. So now Julie and Batard Jr. are going to resurrect the Spirit Vine project and everything that Varric did with the bombs to blow up the Spirit Vines and blow up that part of the train all for nothing. Good thing Bolin saved his life because Varric would have died for no reason. My God, this episode's good. My god, this episode's fantastic. Uh, this really was a very, very phenomenal two-part storyline. I'm kind of amazed it's not labeled part one and part two, but... It very much is that, structurally speaking. And it is a huge turning point in this narrative on so many fronts. And I love it so much, and I... Cannot wait, wait, I cannot wait to talk about where it will go from here. I cannot talk. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 7. Talk to you then.